Hello, what have we here? Welcome back to a regular episode of Lando's Lounge. It, it's been a while since we've had one of these. Today um, is the first episode since Mando Mondays has ended. Um, Passed on to a better life. Well, at least for 2021. Um, but it'll be back. Uh, so today we have uh, a little bit of actually uh like pretty big news um for a corner of the star wars galaxy that is maybe the least um i feel like the least active in terms of like news and stuff because Mm -hmm. like books there's always new books coming out movies even if there's not always movies coming out there's kind of always talks about like the movies and shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but video games is where we're going to take our uh, news update, our little Ugnot update. Uh, it's going to kind of dive into some video game news. And then we're going to have um, our carbon freeze is going to be like a little bit of a discussion uh, yeah. about that kind of. We don't really have any like fan submitted carbon freezes. So uh, hit us up on Instagram. Yeah, I guess our at fans just aren't loyal. <laughs> fans aren't loyal. Um, SMH. And you can just submit really any any kind of questions about Star Wars, about our opinions, or uh, anything about Star Wars, really. And then uh, our we take talk, question we'd take questions not about Star Wars at this point. Just send us questions. <laughs> yeah, if you got like movie questions in general, hey, I like movies. Uh, anyways, our Tabana talk. We're gonna finally break down. Um, another book, a book that, I read a month and a half ago, and I read over the <clears throat> summer, <laughs> and uh, so hopefully we remember anything about it. But uh, that's basically this episode. So uh, without further ado, I think we're gonna just dive into the Ugnot update because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Lucasfilm Games has been announced, which is um, big news because if you, if you know anything about Star Wars video games, you know. The EA had kind of a exclusive rights to making mm-hmm. Star Wars game deal or Star Wars games like deal where no other company could make Star Wars games but EA. So Fallen Order, the Battlefronts, uh, Squadrons, that's all EA. Um, I'm not entirely sure when that went into effect, but it, it must have been back when like the first Battlefront came out. Um, yeah, and or I don't probably know, before that. Yeah, maybe before then. Even I don't. I don't know like how long they've been yeah. making EA games specifically. Well, well, they currently have I think six EA titles. Um, that'd be Battlefront One, Battlefront Two, Jedi Fallen Order, Squadrons, and then I think they did some version of like the Old Republic. Not it's not like a big title or anything, and then I think they may they had a mobile game that EA did called like Galaxy of Heroes or uh, something. Yeah, yeah. And so there's I've tried to so get into those that, last but... two are like the smaller, smaller mm-hmm. titles. Um, but still EA. And so basically, the announcement is that they're kind of consolidating um, Star Wars properties under this new entity called Lucasfilms Games, which is a weird t- name because it's Films Games. Yeah. <laughs> Lucasfilms Games. It's just kind of weird. 
But um, with this news is kind of they're breaking the exclusive contract they had with EA to make Star Wars. Well, not like breaking it. It's yeah, over. Not break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not, not like, breaking it's not like, breaking it off. Like yeah, uh, I, not, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's just the yeah. wording. Is... They're not they're not completely cutting ties with EA though. Um, EA will still make Star Wars games, just not only EA. And um, this is. It's interesting because um, fans are kind of split on EA, and I'll tell you why. So the first two big titles that EA made was like Battlefront 1, which I think was like 2015 or something. I don't really know the date. And then um, Battlefront 2, presumably like two or three years after that. And um, Battlefront, Battlefront 1, I know... Uh, well, one complaint about EA, not just in Star Wars, but as a game company, is um, there's this conception that they're greedy. A lot of their games, um, for example, like they are in charge of like the Madden games, the um, stuff like that, and the FIFA games. Like it's all like EA Sports division, and a lot of people are like they're so greedy. These sports games are the exact same game with different player names every year. And to an extent, that's true. And then also in games like Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2, there is like a lot of microtransactions, which a microtransaction is basically when you can spend American dollars (laughs) um, for the in-game currency. And so uh, sometimes what games will do, like Battlefront 1, and they fixed it in Battlefront 2, actually. Like, they got so many complaints in Battlefront 2 that they kind of reversed it in a lot of ways. Yeah, they made it but, a lot better. Yeah, it at least for Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2 at the beginning, it was to a place where, like, you realistically couldn't get enough of the in-game currency in-game to buy anything. So if you really wanted to buy anything, like cool you had to spend money and a lot of games are using this model where it's like a free to play game with this microtransaction system so although they might be able to spend money in game they're also not spending $60 for the game but that was what the battlefront was it was $60 just to get the game and then to get anything cool in the game you would also need to spend money but they've made strides to like fix this because a lot of people did point out that it was annoying and then um, Jedi Fallen Order was very highly received mm-hmm. as a just a single player kind of adventure game, and then Squadrons, um, they really went the opposite. Like, there's no yeah. way to spend Squ- real money in Squadrons. Yeah, and Squadrons, there's like stuff to unlock, but like a lot of it is like small, like. Some of it is, like, things that actually change your gameplay, like ship parts and stuff. Um, But there's not many of that, and it's a lot of the same things for the same ships. So it's not like you need to, like, devote your entire life to unlocking the things. And most of the stuff is just, like, cool cosmetic items. But, like, if you unless you want to, there's no reason to get them all. Like, I think on my ship... I have a little bobblehead of Grogu on my dash, and then I have a little hologram of, I think, a gonk droid, like, on my the left side of the ship, and then dangling from kind of, like, the mirror or whatever, like, in a car would be, I have a crate crystal, just, like, a red kind of 
mm. crystal shard from and it's really cool like there are so many cosmetics and squadrons mm -hmm. with a bunch of different easter eggs and even like little bits of lore that like aren't important but you're like oh that's pretty cool like i didn't know that mm -hmm. um yeah that kind of that'd be that'd be interesting if i did a deep dive in all the little squadrons tidbits but enough <laughs> about this i'm i got off on a little bit yeah so uh thing yeah basically i mean if i'm being honest like why would you ever have an exclusive deal with one company to make video games because just the output of games is going to be so infrequent mm -hmm. and like i don't know does that include like the lego games or anything like well um uh i don't think so because or um, they when did battlefront come out you said you looked battlefront like... was 2015 battlefront yeah. 2 was so 2015 and that's the second battlefront one 2015 is the year force awakens came out and they had lego the force awakens mm -hmm. so uh i don't think i don't know lego can do whatever they want yeah. i guess they <laughs> lego knows no bounds mm -hmm. so i think that's probably different somehow like, yeah because it isn't like I don't know. Like it's <laughs> like it's Lego games are good, but like they're not like well, creating I wonder something if maybe, new. You know, what I wonder I mean? if maybe since Star Wars has a deal that Lego can make Lego sets of Star Wars, if that also applies to the games. Yeah. So like it it would be kind of like a workaround. Yeah, basically. but anyway, the Either Lego way. Star Wars games and like the Battlefront games are not like competing. With, yeah, yeah, they're not like competing with each other. Like. Mm -hmm. If if someone plays one, they're very likely to play the other. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like I don't know, but so there's been generally not that like people hate EA, but people are pretty happy about this deal just because it could open Star Wars games into into new territory. Mm -hmm. And right after they kind of announced this, like very shortly after this, well, they they yeah. also announced that Lucasfilm's games or Lucasfilm Games, is making um, an Indiana Jones game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's it's cool. It's not like, Star Wars, but it's no, close it, enough. It, I mean, Lucasfilm is the home of Indiana Jones and Star Wars, which is, um, like, easily two of the most recognizable, yeah. like, film franchises from the 80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I heard that's, like, a, like a, it's a single-player kind of adventure game, and mm -hmm. it's a new thing. It's not, like, just playing through one of the raiders or, or something. something yeah yeah i think there was an i think there have been indiana jones games before or at least one because i think i played it before on like a wii or something and then of course they have lego indiana jones too but um i mean we're not an indiana jones podcast but that's definitely something that i would be interested in playing mm -hmm. um but uh yeah so um the the big kind of news that came out after this whole reveal of lucasfilm games was that ubisoft the people who are behind assassin's creed and other uh very well-known uh games they're very very well-known game developing company um they announced that they were working on an open world um star wars game and that's all they said they didn't say like characters locations like story yeah. nothing they literally just said we're working on this kind of game yeah um 
which obviously opens up the door for all kinds of speculation yeah. and hopes and anticipations. See, I was the other day I was I was playing a game and I was talking to some of my friends and I I pitched my idea and I'm going to pitch this idea later. This to is going to be our carbon freeze. Yeah. But I literally like no inkling of this news in my head, but I was like they need to make an open world Star Wars game exactly like this. Blah blah. blah and I thought it'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very excited about what this could be. Now, um, this isn't necessarily a perfect indication, but um, Ubisoft is most famous, like you said, for the Assassin's Creed franchise and what those games are like. Um, again, it's like a single player adventure game. And they have um, these, I mean, it's pretty standard. It's like an open world, but... None of them so far, except like one called Origins, has been like massive open worlds. Like, um, so I think they're gonna have to scale it up for Star Wars a lot. Um, well, yeah, because with Star Wars, you're dealing with planets, not yeah, like cities. That's or... what I'm thinking. It'd be kind of, I mean, it wouldn't be boring, but like kind of the dream Star Wars experience is like planet hopping, like mm -hmm. going to a bunch of different places. So, like, they could just have it on Coruscant or something, but I feel like that'd be a real waste of potential, <laughs> just having it on one planet. Mm -hmm. um, so you could like look at Assassin's Creed and be like, okay, this is probably what, like, how does this translate over to Star Wars? But I think um, it will be different in a lot of ways. But still, there is a new Assassin's Creed game coming out kind of soon called uh, Valhalla. Um, isn't that out already it could be out already i haven't heard anyone talking about it to be honest so i don't know if I that's a I've, good i think omen. i've heard people like not a lot i'm not in like most people that i'm connected with online aren't <laughs> assassin's creed mm -hmm. fans just because most people i'm connected with online are like people i know or star wars fans so yeah i mean i'm sure there's overlap but like, I'm not really part of the Assassin's Creed fan base, so I don't really hear much about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, if you want to maybe get an idea of what the Star Wars game could be like, maybe look into that game. It's supposed to be very, it's supposed to scale up the whole, like, size of mm. the world and kind of the, um, like, innovate Assassin's Creed's in a lot of ways is what I hear. So maybe like some of the new features in that could be something we might see implemented mm -hmm. in some way in the Star Wars game, but it's hard to tell, yeah. you know? Well, uh, there was also, I've seen a lot of talk about, there was a recent um, word that like, there was a, a game that was really pretty deep into development, a Star Wars game called like Maverick or something that got canned. Um, and I think that was about, like, you were Boba Fett, or maybe it was just another bounty hunter, but I think it was Boba Fett, and you were, like, I think it was on Coruscant, too, just from, like, images, I think, that they had, but it was basically you were just a bounty hunter, Boba Fett, but that got scrapped after what seemed like it was in development a little bit, so, um, I don't know, like, it must have been from EA if they were exclusive or something, but... Um, it definitely feels like the EA deal was kind of a waste of, not like 
not a waste because like we did get some good games out of it. I mean, people like squadrons and fallen order is like a classic and, um, Battlefront st- two. <laughs> I still need to get around to <laughs> playing fallen order. I think how I'm going to do it is I'm just going to stream it every so often just cause I don't like, I could do it in like video, a video, but like, I don't know. I don't want to edit that much, to be mm. honest. Because well, just stream and I don't want to edit that even. much because, like, there's so many like Easter eggs and places to explore, and also like there's a lot of cutscenes and stuff. So I don't really want to miss anything, and I don't want anyone who might be interested in seeing anything miss anything. See, I don't really care that much about finding all the Easter eggs. I just like yeah. to play the story and then be done with yeah, it. Yeah, so like, I, I think, know they add all that. So stuff, I think but... I might just like stream them like an hour or two at a time. And then just upload that stream. So, like, if you can't watch it live, you can just watch it whenever and, like, mm-hmm. maybe watch 20 minutes at a time, like, depending on your schedule. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, basically, yeah. basically, the EA deal wasn't a waste because we did get good games out of it, but it wasn't, it didn't live up to what it could have been, I think. Um, or not, not even, not even that, like, just, the fact that they would be exclusive to one company just seems, mm-hmm. I don't know, like you could have had so much more like content out there. Yeah. Um, like in those years between the prequels and the sequel trilogy, if you had other companies making games, like you could have had so many new stories to tell. And instead of like, you had the clone wars, obviously. And, I think Rebels may have started right before the sequel trilogy, but it's just like you could have had 10 years of video games and books and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, so uh, our Carbon Freeze is going to be pitching our, uh, our thoughts on what the open world game could, should, will be. Um... And since you have a pitch, you go first, and I can kind of think up one. Yeah. So this was this idea is largely unchanged um, from the one I pitched my friends a little bit ago. So, and the thing is, it's more similar to the type of game that another game studio, Rockstar Games, would have put out. Um, and they are famous for the Grand Theft Auto franchise and also the Red Dead Redemption franchise. So I used them a little bit more as a model than assassin's creed which again that really means nothing <laughs> like you can't assume that's like that just because it's the same oh, studio Ubisoft the games will assassin's be similar creed, so they're making yeah you can't assassin's assume creed that Star Wars. you can't assume that but um like grand theft auto and red dead redemption are made by the same studio and they are they definitely have a lot of similarities so you can't rule it out either so either either either. (laughs) it's been a day for english uh for me (laughs) but so this is the idea so it's an open world um planet hopping bounty hunter game now the era the era is probably the biggest question when will this take place and i i'm thinking um either right after um, Return of the Jedi or like the Imperial era within the original trilogy. So you um, you get to customize your character at the very beginning. You get to choose 
um, your character's name, you get to choose your outfit with the option to like get new outfits and stuff um, later down the line. And then you get to choose like a few different um, things that will affect your play style, like what species you want to be. Like maybe you want to be just a human. Maybe you want to be a droid. Maybe you want to be Trandoshan. That's up to you. And kind of like in another game called Skyrim, there are a bunch of different races and each races have certain uh, pluses or minuses. Like, um, like obviously Trandoshans might do worse in cold than, I don't know, another species. You know what I'm saying? And then, um, you start off with like, basically like the weapons, you can get new weapons, but you always have one of each type of weapon. Like there's, you always have a pistol and then like a long range rifle, then like maybe a uh, mid-range rifle and you blaster that is <laughs> and um y- you always have one of those three in like a little scroll wheel that you can pull up at any time but you can buy new guns to fit like your playstyle within those specific classes kind of and then you get a ship now similar to grand theft auto you can get you can pimp your ship out <laughs> any way you want to you could get any and see with Star Wars, there's so many like different models of ships, um, and so I think that could be really cool. You could go from like small ships, and then as you earn credits, you could get like a bigger ship that has like space in it. I think it'd be really cool to like when you're flying your ship, it's like a third person perspective, so you can see like the outside of the ship and like yeah, like in Battlefront then, too. Yeah, but then you have like a first person within the ship. Like, like in the Millennium Falcon, there's like hallways and like mm-hmm. rooms. Like, I think it'd be cool to be able to walk around in your ship if mm-hmm. it's big enough. For yeah, that like kind you, of thing. you can do that a little bit in Fallen Order. It's not a very big yeah. ship. But. So then, so you're a bounty hunter and you get missions from different factions and you can level up um, similar to a game I've been playing a lot called Sea of Thieves. <laughs> um, you level up your reputation with these factions. Mm. So if you want to do rebel alliance missions you can get a bounty hunting mission from the rebels or you can get one from the empire or you can get one from the mining guild or you can get one from like java you could get one from um the pikes you can get like there are all these different factions Mm -hmm. and basically you do missions for them and in return you get credits and reputation and reputation for each of the different guilds allows you to get um higher like better missions for them and also like um some cosmetic items and um the outside of the guild like that would be kind of like um free play kind of but there would also be like a bit of a story to it like again using grand theft auto and um red dead redemption you can do like it single player and just go through the mission but there's also like an online function And there are missions that you can do um, online just for, like, extra money. And you can just go around just, like, fighting other people, like, other actual players if you want to. So um, that would be like this, where it's, like, an online open world. So maybe you just got a bounty. Like, say you just did a bounty for the Empire and you have three people frozen in carbonite. But then another player rolls up and blows up your ship and takes your bounty and sells them themselves. Like, I think there's a lot of potential for like open world online bounty hunting game where um, you can just grind through missions for a bunch of different like 
like you could see a bunch of different corners of the galaxy because like maybe um the headquarters for the rebels you have to go to um yavin 4 like maybe to get missions from the empire you have to go to coruscant or something like that so it could take you all around like a certain amount of planets and i think it'd just be really mm-hmm. cool yeah that that's interesting while you were talking about like the factions idea it would be cool if like um if you're working for all these different factions and like you start to not like if you have to like keep them all like at a certain level of satisfaction like doing mm-hmm. regular missions for all of them and then like if you get like if you don't do one faction's missions after a while like they'll send people after you oh yeah and then like or like if you just completely ignore them they'll send people after you and then like um you could have like one who's like your your favorited person or whatever like uh for example um like how han solo worked for java basically but Mm -hmm. then he didn't like live up to a promise he made or something. And then Jabba sent people after him, even though Han was like one of his guys. Like if you start doing too many missions for the other people, like your own team will kind of send people to rough you up. And it's like, you try to balance Mm -hmm. all the factions rather than kind of just go like power roll one faction. Cause then the others will just send so many people after you. But, um, yeah, it's not a bad idea. I think that's I think that's in general kind of a similar idea to what a lot of people want out of a Star Wars game is like we want a bounty hunt and we just want like all different kinds of missions and just do whatever we want. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of similar to mine, but I will get to mine in just a second. All right, so my my video game open world pitch is. Uh, we're set a few years before episode seven starts. So this is after the resistance has been formed by uh, Leia. So um, it's between the period when uh, Ben Solo became Kylo Ren and uh, the start of The Force Awakens. So we're in this time period. Um but you are just kind of a commoner, like a scoundrel, basically. You you don't really have a goal at the beginning. It's kind of like uh, you, you maybe you start off like working at like a diner, like Dex's diner or something on Coruscant, and so you start the game just like doing small missions, like go get a crate of Melu runs or whatever, and then the the first part of this mission. Or the first part of the game would be this mission where you have to collect stuff for the diner. But along the way, you run into um, a New Republic recruiter and eventually, like, a secret, like, First Order recruiter. But you don't really, Mm -hmm. like... Like, they're, they're in secret. And, like, they don't tell you they're the First Order, but, like, they hint, basically, that... They're like part of a rising militia in the outer rim or whatever. And so as you do this mission, you run into these two people and they offer you propositions and you can either say like, or it basically says like, 
come find me if you want to join up or whatever. So you do this mission and then something bad happens at the diner, like a gangster comes in. And so you can basically like you lose your job. So you can either join the new Republic, join the first order or do neither and just like work for the gangster or whatever. Um, so you can either be a bounty hunter, join the new Republic or join the first order. So since it's open world, really kind of like yours, like there's those three different factions. So you can join the new Republic and there's a storyline that the new Republic is on. So it'll give you missions that'll send you to different places to do different things. Or like if you were in the new Republic line, you could go to where the first order stuff is but like, since you're not part of their team, you won't have like mission objectives there and you'll probably die. <laughs> and um, you can always kind of go back and find those guy that guy and like switch allegiances kind of. So like the completionist can like try to complete all three different storylines or whatever. Um, but kind of they would all culminate in like one big final story so like it'd be the the new republic well no actually it'd be cool if the game happens where hosnian prime is destroyed and so you like the new republic is dead so you survive it and now you have to like find the resistance or something and basically it would be wrong are you all right basically it would be it would be very similar to yours except Instead of just like different bounty hunting factions, oh you choose between the First Order or the Resistance slash New Republic, or choose no faction, <laughs> and you kind of are just like a wild card bounty hunter with completely different missions. Um, and then, like, I obviously haven't thought this through as much as you, but like, whatever you join, like, you could become a pilot and like fly an X Wing, or you could be like, a spy and then your missions are to like you like you have different missions based on whichever kind of path you choose mm -hmm. for yourself throughout the game so it's open world but like there's never there's not gonna be as much reason to go to like the first order places unless you're signed up for the first order or you're a spy and their goal is for you to like go there and spy or whatever. So, um, it would be interesting to add like a multiplayer element to it where like you could work with people, um, like a group of three or four friends or whatever. And then you kind of all become like a piloting squadron or mm -hmm. you all become bounty hunters or first order soldiers together, whatever. Um, yeah, definitely not as thought through, but it, yeah. I guess the the only reason why is because like open world, like it's so huge that like the I I think when you have a world or a game that's open world, the immediate thought is like there's so many choices for you to do. So this, since you're dealing with like multiple planets and like space and space travel, um having it so that like 
you have specific locations to go to, even though it is all open world and you can go everywhere, it, like you won't get lost as easily or like they'll be like, oh, fine, general, whatever. And then you're like, wait, where, what planet is that? What happens if I go to this planet? So, yeah, I basically, had, I had one other idea, certainly not as fleshed out. And I think it's unlikely, but again, I think it'd be cool. So this one takes place after Rise of Skywalker. And I'm thinking this would be more single player or like two people, but like not online at all. And so basically it'd be similar to Breath of the Wild, actually, where in Breath of the Wild, um, you go to like these shrines mm -hmm. and you get you like do little challenges and then you get stuff from it like various different things um so in this one you would play as ray but if you're playing with two people you'd also play as finn ray and finn and they would um so it's like the galaxy right mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can fast travel with hyperspace to different planets and basically it would just be ray or ray and finn going to um planets with like jedi, jedi temples, temples on them mm -hmm. and then the temples are like dungeons kind of like if you're familiar with video games you kind of know mm -hmm. what i'm talking about and yeah it reminds me like the lothal temple from rebels where it's like you face your deepest fear yeah or whatever. so it'd be kind of like these challenges puzzles like um trial type mm -hmm. things and maybe there's like I don't know, like 300 <laughs> temples in the game on mm -hmm. like different planets. And the point is to, it's more of like an adventure game like Jedi Fallen Order. And the point is to beat all the temples to like piece together some ancient bit of wisdom that mm -hmm. Ray's looking for or something. I think it could be cool, but I think that story of Ray and Finn learning about Jedi stuff is something they're probably going to do within a show or a movie yeah. or something. I mean, um, we hope. So, I don't think it's likely, sometimes, but... Sometimes at work, when I'm just walking around, collecting trash, I'm just thinking, like, alright, how would I structure a sequel to the sequels? Like, a sequel trilogy to the sequel trilogy. Alright, Rey is now <laughs> the Grand Master, but she will call herself the Skywalker of the Jedi Order. And that'll be like the title of the mm. highest order. Her last name is still Skywalker, but it's also mm. her title. And so then at the end of this, she, or like at the end of her life or whatever, she steps down or passes on the Skywalker title to like the next person or whatever. Anyways, yeah, I, I'm, if anyone ever says like, after Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, yes, I'm sold. <laughs> Give it to me because I just want to know what's next. Uh, but yeah, that's our ideas for games. I'm sure we could think of others. Um, I think it'd be cool to do like a Younglings game where maybe not as open world as mm -hmm. like a Red Dead Redemption or whatever, but um, like you follow your master <laughs> around. So it's like you're not even like the main character of the game you just kind of follow and learn <laughs> the whole time yeah no i think a cute not cute a cool um kind of more a game that like everyone could play like jedi fallen orders like t for teen or whatever and like 
um, a bounty hunting game like GTA Five, where you could just roll up and kill people. Um, maybe not for all ages, but one that could be good for all ages is like you are a youngling in the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is High Republic, and like you just like try to like work on your skills like you can level mm-hmm. up your force skill and like your saber skill and the first part is you as like a youngling youngling learning from yoda and then you like um like the tutorial and it's kind of like pokemon where like you're given three masters who like offered to be your master and you choose no. what one you want to well because because the way it works is like the master selects who they want as their padawan it'd be cool if like in your training, there's like three different tracks. So there's like uh, wisdom, which could be like solving puzzles or whatever, um, like combat or like another third skill or whatever. And so like whichever one you're highest in determines which it could be like it could get. be like diplomacy or like jedi like go mm-hmm. out and like do missions and like foreign affairs and then it could be like combat then it could be like the force mm-hmm. like and so like like you could stuff. pick you could pick which one you wanted but like it would have like you can do algor- all three but like there's well, yeah one but that's like your main yeah i guess um anyways yeah there, so yeah there's so much potential i can't wait till they like announce more games from like mm. different because i think the idea is with multiple studios making them they can crank them they're out gonna more. be like we really are coming into the golden age of star wars like we're not realizing we well we're realizing it but not everyone well, yeah realizing like yeah you have in 1977 you have the movie and then the trilogy and then after that there's like a span of years where it's just books and comic books and then you have the prequels, and those are maligned. And you still have books and comic books and movie video game here and there. But it's like George Lucas is the Antichrist now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so George Lucas sells it to Disney. And now that's terrible. But at the same time, Disney's like, oh, well, here. And just starts cranking mm-hmm. stuff out. Books, shows. Like, there was never any shows except the Clone Wars until disney and rebels and um then they have like mandalorian and now i think the sequels and the (laughs) i don't know the the sequels and mandalorian are kind of like the birth of this new age and the golden age is really i think like really hitting with the high republic probably because you have a whole line of books that's like a new like setting and like a new world basically and at the same time you're having Mandalorian creating this whole like network of sh- interconnected shows and you have the Clone Wars comes back and now the Clone Wars is ended but it launches a second Clone Wars <laughs> <just a> show <laughs> and then you have all these other shows coming out projected and now you have so many video games and there's movies coming out and it's like all of a sudden it's yeah. like the golden age of star wars is like starting like right now basically and it's just crazy what a time to be alive uh but yeah that's our that's our uh carbon freeze and a little tangent at the end there but for the next 15 minutes we're going to talk about catalyst 
book club uh, time, baby. Catalyst is um, it's called Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One novel, because it is a prequel to Rogue One. However, by prequel, it is like it is not really. It's it's a it's pretty expansive in the amount of years it covers, mm-hmm. but it jump it starts like before the Clone Wars have ended. And then ends like with um, uh, like how uh, the Ursos end up on uh, the planet Wobani, which I only remember because it's literally Obi Wan, but scrambled. The letters are scrambled. <laughs> I did. I didn't even know that um, to be honest. Yeah, it's Wobani. Wo I think I saw that in theaters, and I was like. Is that Obi-Wan? That's gotta be what that is. Uh, but anyways, it, it literally covers pretty much the entire Imperial yeah. era. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it focuses primarily on Jin Erso's father, Galen Erso, his relationship with the Republic, the Empire, um, and especially with... Um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Orson Krennic. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Imperials. How, how, how did I forget? <laughs> um, and really, it's very... The way that the author, James Luceno, writes, like, all of his books are super, like, thoroughly detailed. Like, it's not... It's no, like... It, it's it's mm-hmm. no easy task picking up a Luceno novel and just... Like reading it in a breeze, yeah. like like it's entertaining, sure, and it's riveting, and it grabs like, you. But it's also like you're going to be talking about geology for several chapters. Yeah, and it is like, I mean, <laughs> not to sound pretentious or to discredit any <laughs> of the other books, but this is like, like when you say it's a Star Wars book, like for some people, like maybe literary people that will like lose them credibility, but this is just like straight up a good book. Like it's a good novel, Mm -hmm. I'd say Um, in the same right that like Jurassic Park is a good, not like it's like literature, but obviously it has like this other type of quality about it. Sci-fi really has like a, a pulpy kind of. Yeah. To where like some people, it. it doesn't, not that it it's when not I the say, great gatsby yeah it's not like it's not respectable in the fact that like not that it can't be respected but like people don't think like it's not really in the conversation of literature you, you wouldn't know what i mean you wouldn't read it yeah. in ap english except i did <laughs> um we had to um in my ap english class we had to choose a book over christmas break to read um and then we had to do a whole write up of like the author, um, con- like context within the author's life that like may have influenced the right. read. Luceno, Luceno, and then um, a summary of the book, themes of the book, characters of the book. We had to do a whole write up, and I so I read this one very quickly, as opposed to how the pace I read some of the other ones, and I really liked it. Like Landon said, it like is very expansive in its timeline, which I really enjoy when things like mm. jump ahead. I feel like yeah. a lot of times or not. Well, like- the funny enough, Luceno also wrote, a, a he wrote several books in legends. He wrote one called Darth Plagueis, which covers like 50 years of yeah. time. 
I think if you liked that aspect of this, you would like that because it's yeah. about the life of Darth Plagueis and Palpatine. Yeah, and it, it's See, just crazy. the thing. I the thing I really like prequels in general. Like I like seeing how things lead up into things. But a lot of times, my problem with prequels and kind of with Solo is that so like prequels typically work off of something like very well established, um, and prequels the trap they fall into is they shoehorn everything like for solo everything in han solo's character in the original trilogy that is iconic like his dice his ship his, his friendship with chewy his holster his gun everything uh, his name for cripe's sake everything about his name um well everything about his character in the original trilogy is explained in one adventure, adventure that happens to take place in this movie. and But this book is very different. And like we see um, multiple things that lead into Rogue One. We're like, oh, this is how this happened. Not everything, though, which I also appreciate. And it's like spread out over time. It happens over years. And like, so it's more like realistic in a way. And not saying that Star Wars is only good when it's realistic mm-hmm. because it's Star Wars. But um for this type of story, it is very grounded. Um, it follows Galen and Lyra Urso. And Galen's obviously just a brilliant scientist. Um, and, and what he's what he's great at is like... he What they want him for is he studies kyber crystals. But like the kyber crystals are only known as like Jedi tools. That's what fuels lightsabers. So he's studying like giant ones, yeah. which if you know anything about uh, the original trilogy about the Death Star, giant kyber crystals are what are used for the Death Star canon. So like already you can see like, OK, yeah. this is the guy that we know built the Death Star and here he is studying kyber crystals. Yeah. So he studies um lyra is a geologist so she knows a lot about the kyber crystals and she holds like a deep respect for the jedi and so she's sad to see them gone she doesn't necessarily fully align with the empire and galen doesn't align with the empire either but he also like in the clone wars he didn't align with the separatists but he also didn't really align with the republic either like he he's more worried about his work yeah he's like the empire is gonna fund me and they're gonna let me do my research so i'll work for them and so um while he is using kyber crystals to try to like create um sustainable energy um orson krennic the director of the project that he's working under is essentially deceiving him and he's using his research um to build the death star and we see like his perspective on like getting going through all the red tape to like get the death star project started and then like we see a lot of like the process of it being built um and it ties in very closely to the arc and rebels with um ezra and sabine and saw guerrera mm-hmm. on geonosis which i thought was so cool um and so we see the death star like the origin of the death star more so than anywhere else i think mm-hmm. and um by the end, we like there's this one. Uh, I don't know if that's spoiler enough, but yeah, like there's this whole like it's very scientific, except for like this little bit about the kyber crystals. Like there's 
Mm-hmm. It's cool because like yeah. they know about them, but they know nothing about them. Yeah. Like there's like this mystic quality about them that like which we know as yeah. like they're deeply connected to the force. Yeah, and so Galen is like like almost drives himself a bit mad, but like in a good way. Like he's like he's like the crystals keep me up at night. Like they're trying to tell me something. Like mm-hmm. and he's like a little upset with himself because he can't figure. Like for all his genius, he can't like figure out mm-hmm. the crystals. Kind of. Um, and so, um, it has a lot to say about politics. It has a lot to say about imperialism in general. Yeah. We, you, Star Wars is like, it's quote unquote sci-fi, but really it's just a fantasy. Like it Mm -hmm. has more tropes of fantasy than it does of sci-fi. Yeah. But in books like this and like, um, like the Thrawn books or like Tarkin or any of the books that are like Tarkin's also by the scene, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um maybe that one will be any next. of the books that are like more about like pilots or like the military or the government, not the Jedi, those are where like it gets really sci fi ish. And this one may be more than any book I've read yeah. in Star Wars so far just because it is so technical and like there's literal like i think aren't there like equations in here somewhere like yeah probably writes equations or talks about his equations yeah and like it's very much a science-based story oh i just i was flipping through and i saw melu run (laughs) (laughs) yeah but Um, the other thing is like i think you also get an insight into the imperial system more than anywhere else as well like um lyra she has a little like kind of story within here where she's a geologist and like also like a conservationist bit and she kind of discovers that the empire is sending terrorists to planets to like kind of destabilize them a bit and like planets called like protected worlds or something which is like like the equivalent to like protected like national park land, like protected mm-hmm. federal reserve land. And it's so like they're basically the, planets that you're not so, allowed to yeah, probably So there are these there are these worlds that like have like natural natural value, natural I guess. Value. And so they're like you're protected, you can't strip resources from this planet. But the Empire like sends terrorists to like destabilize these planets um and make them dangerous. So then the Empire has to go in and clean it up. And then they deem the world no longer a protected world. And then they start Mm. to mine them. And so she's, that's when she's like the empire. She was like, Galen, these guys aren't good guys. Like, can we really Mm -hmm. uh, work with these guys anymore? Um, So it's just a lot of things. Like I had never considered that idea. Like, yeah. Of like, there's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff in this book. We talked about it being, um, like it starts near the end of the Clone Wars and like the start of the book is like, well, it's, it was so weird. Cause I was imagining it as being Imperial. And then they're like, and then the clone trooper and the Republic, like Orson Krennic worked with the Republic alongside like clone troopers mm-hmm. is not something that I ever like thought about. Um, Cause I always picture him in like Rogue One, obviously. Um, and so I'm not going to spoil, but there's a great moment like about mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. Um, but there's another moment where um, before the Clone Wars ended, 
because this character died <laughs> uh, by Anakin's hand in Revenge of the Sith. But like they interrogate Poggle the Lesser or like talk to him. I think, is it Krennic that talks to him? Yeah. And he talks to like Archduke Poggle the Lesser, who you might remember as the guy in Attack of the Clones who goes, <laughs> I don't know. That was probably racist towards Geonosians. But, Maybe, but. Uh, but they also, hey, they built the Death Star. Do they deserve it? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a whole interesting thing about no, the Geonosians. No, Geonosians don't deserve racism just because they were forced yeah. to build the Death Star. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, we learn a lot about Geonosians, and one thing about them is, like, since they're, like, kind of hive creatures, um, it's like in the bee movie, okay? The bees, <laughs> they take great pride in their work of making honey, but once they win the lawsuit and they get all the honey in the world and they have nothing to work towards anymore, they fall apart. That's kind of how the Geonosians are, to where they're constantly um, working on projects like these massive um, factories, like the droid foundries mm -hmm. and, like, these arenas. And when they don't have a construction project, they kill each other in the arenas. Like they need to be doing something. And so a Krennic's like, like your society's falling apart. Like you're in prison. They're without a leader. The foundries are shut down. They have nothing to do. I have a project for you. And mm -hmm. so that's how like learning kind of like how the sausage gets made in a lot of, it's so interesting. Yeah. It's very conspiratorial almost. Yeah. It's like, you know the end result and you're just kind of watching these people like sneaking yeah. their way around and getting the yeah. things and two other together. imperials that are main characters is a uh, uh masa meta i don't know if i'm pronouncing meta maybe masa meta or yeah Mas who Probably is Mas. obviously like the vice chancellor um vi i don't know what his title would be <laughs> in the imperial <laughs> infrastructure um but he yeah, he title, he remember. is kind of like the emperor is just kind of like complete power, but he's like a lot of the bureaucratic stuff. So you see him interact with Krennic, who's like constantly asking him for like more. Uh, like he basically tells him, you're going to promote me at one point. He's <laughs> like, you can't say no. And to get funding and stuff. And then also Tarkin interacts with Krennic a lot. And you kind of see, because, like, in A New Hope, you see, like, Tarkin's the Death Star guy. Like, it's his project. Mm -hmm. But in Rogue One, you very much see that Krennic, it's his project. So you're like, what happened there? Well, you very much see how Tarkin gets his hooks in Krennic. And, like, he was like, once Krennic makes one mistake, I'm taking over and, mm -hmm. like, making... Because he wants the clout. He wants the prestige that comes with this massive battle station. And so it's just really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely... Um... It's definitely, like, I remember being a little bit bored at points just because it, it's not, like, the action-packed Star Wars book that you might, if you've read, like, Master and Apprentice or Dark Disciple, like we've talked about. Um, it's not like that. It's very much more a, like, a head game than mm -hmm. um, an action, like, episode of The Clone Wars or whatever. It's, it's very much... More similar to, like, the Fives arc in the Clone Wars, where it's, like, you're just discovering something mm -hmm. the whole time. Uh, yeah, so that was our our episode. Um, breakdown, our favorite things about uh, Mandalorian Season 2. Um, yeah, so like I said at the, at, the, at, the, at the top of this episode, 
we don't know kind of what we're going to be doing for a series if we're going to get one. Hopefully they're going to announce a date for the Bad Batch soon. Um, and then we'll probably end up doing kind of the similar um, Monday uh, Bad Batch episode um, like we're doing the Mandalorian Mondays, but it won't be called Bad Batch Monday or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, as soon as Carson reads The Light of the Jedi, we will do a spoilery review of it. What do you mean? We still have to talk about Catalyst and Ahsoka. <laughs> well, yeah, well. <laughs> Hopefully by the beginning of February, we'll have that done. Maybe we'll do a triple book episode. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Um, I finished the book. I can give you my review right now. Five stars. Wonderful. Absolutely great. Loading Great Storm might be my new favorite Jedi. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, as soon as he gets that done, we will uh, do that. And and for books, I feel like the spoiler zone, kind of for like TV shows, it's usually uh, they, if they come out on a Friday, that Monday is when you can really, is when it's kind of acceptable to talk about spoilers. For books, it might be a little longer because everyone reads at a different pace. Not everyone gets their books on time. I know um, sometimes like I've ordered a book and it hasn't shipped or the date it said it would get here. It doesn't get there until like a week later. So, um, well, usually those kind of discussions are either watch at your own risk or put off until like a month or a few weeks have passed. So we're probably going to do um, closer to a month uh, after the book comes out. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening to Mandalorian Mondays. We really appreciate it. Um, it was very fun to do. Um, and it definitely it ended up taking priority over our regular episodes. So also, I apologize if the audio for this episode sounds really weird. When we did our second recording, I'm not sure if I remembered to select the microphone or my laptop. <laughs> so, half of this episode could end up being different quality audio. Yeah, but that's on me, so um, hey, you're here for the experience, and that is part of it, I guess. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back with more episodes in the future, so look forward to that, and um, Dank Farrick? No. What? <laughs> what? This is the way? Yeah. Yeah. What? This is the way. All right. Well, Keep. Maybe we'll see you December of 2021. We might return Mando Monday to Book of Boba Fett, but if not, then it'll be a while. So, very emotional. Who knows? We'll, we'll definitely have episodes for Visions and yeah. books and uh, Bad Batch. So, uh, yeah, future is very bright, um, but this is the way. This is the end for Mandalorian Mondays uh, for now. Thank you for listening to Lando's Lounge. Lando's Lounge can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing us with a friend or rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. To engage with us on social media, follow at Lando's Lounge Podcast on Instagram and like and follow the Lando's Lounge page on Facebook. To ask a question for our Q&A segment, The Carbon Freeze, engage with us in comment sections or shoot us a DM for the possibility of your question being featured. 
the intro music to this podcast is Star Wars Cantina Band, Closed on Sunday, Lo-Fi Remix. Thank you again for listening, and tune in to the next episode.